Welcome to Family Law Talk. Family Law Talk. Presented by Kirk Stangy of Stangy Law Firm, PC. Stangy Law Firm is a multi-state family law firm. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stangy. Welcome to Family Law Talk. We have an interesting topic today. The topic is, does cohabitation end spousal maintenance? And this is based on an article on our blog, St. Charles Divorce Attorneys Blog.com, dated September 18th, 2023. And the title of that article is, Does Spousal Maintenance End If an Ex Spouse Is Living with Someone Else in St. Charles? So, as a follow up to the episode today, go on over to that blog and read that article for more information on, on this topic. But let's go ahead and jump into the topic at hand today. Uh, spousal maintenance can be an important part of lots of divorce cases. Of course, some states refer to spousal maintenance as alimony. Other states have gotten rid of the use of that term. But in a general sense, we're talking about uh, something similar. And so what a lot of individuals want to know is when when is my spousal maintenance going to end? And this is particularly the case uh, for individuals who didn't want to pay it, who contested paying it in court, and ultimately maybe the judge ordered them to pay spousal maintenance, or maybe they begrudgingly settled and agreed to pay spousal maintenance and so they want to know when it's going to end and and so one of the big issues that comes up is when the receiving spouse so the individual who's getting the spousal maintenance let's say they start living with somebody they live with somebody but they're not married and they want to know then well can i stop paying the spousal maintenance now i mean they're living with somebody else they're sharing their expenses with somebody else and, and shouldn't that end the spousal maintenance? So again, that, that's the topic at hand, and it's a common one in family law circles. Lots of clients ask about this, and it, it can be a heavily uh, litigated issue. And so that's what we're gonna discuss and talk about here today. But sort of out of the gates, one of the big questions a lot of individuals have is, well, how long does spousal maintenance last? So for individuals who have to pay it, they wanna know when it's gonna end when it's gonna be over. And, and the truth is that this really depends and it depends on what the divorce decree says and what kind of maintenance we're talking about. And we'll go into that here today, but uh, some maintenance awards are indefinite. In other words, it'll say uh, one spouse is to pay maintenance to the other spouse until there's a change of circumstances of a substantial and continuing basis, death or remarriage. So it could be this long-term maintenance and certainly uh, individuals who end up paying this or looking for a way for it to end. And so again, the question is, is is cohabitation, is that a change uh, of circumstance that would, that would end maintenance? All right, contrast that in a circumstance where the person who's receiving maintenance gets remarried. So what happens if there's a remarriage? Again, um, the laws are gonna vary by state. There could be different language and different divorce judgments. So certainly anybody who has this question ought to speak to a lawyer who's licensed and competent to practice law in their jurisdiction. But, but generally speaking, and I say generally because, again, different facts, different circumstances, different states, different language and judgments could alter this. But, I mean, generally speaking, if somebody's receiving maintenance and they get remarried, um, in most instances, from my vantage point, the maintenance at that point ends. If somebody's remarried, and so uh, what happens on, on the flip end is oftentimes individuals then don't get married. So they live together, they reside together, they formed a life together, but they don't actually 
get a legal marriage. And so then the question uh, for the individual who's paying is, is the cohabitation enough? Um, you know, is it enough uh, to terminate the maintenance or is it not? And I would tell all the listeners, this is a big gray area in a lot of cases that could become heavily litigated. And obviously the language in the divorce judgment would be important. The laws in the state in which this case existed would be very important for sure. There could be different nuances, different quirks, you know, based on that. But the truth of the matter is, is in a very general sense, and at least from my personal experience, this becomes a very, very gray area, and it is not an absolute. And of course, you know, the cohabitation issue can be murky too, because sometimes, you know, the parties both have their own residences, but maybe one of the residences is uh, rarely stayed in, right? So, you know, one individual moves in with the other individual, but they've kept their prior residence. Um, And so the cohabitation might not even be clear. It's like, are they just sleeping over? Or is this cohabitation? Even that line could be a fine, fine line heavily dependent upon the facts, okay? But but typically, from my experience, uh, what courts are looking at, and, and again, I've predominantly practiced in Missouri throughout my career, but what, what courts in Missouri seem to look for is whether or not the cohabitation is a substitute for marriage. In other words, is it tantamount to marriage? Like, I mean, in other words, all the, the facts and all the details point to this being a complete... Uh, union with two individuals they just didn't get the you know the marriage certificate or the marriage license if you will they just didn't formalize it and so uh, to prove that cohabitation is a substitute for marriage things courts oftentimes look for would be a dual responsibility for bills and other costs in other words you know the the two individuals cohabitating have put themselves on joint bills right Um, you know maybe they have a mortgage together you know, maybe they've put both their names on the electric bill, the gas bill, the cable bill, you name it, right? The more of that going on, the better for the person who wants to terminate the marriage. The less of that, uh, the worse it is for them. Uh, obviously, the length of time that the individuals have been cohabitating uh, can be significant. If it's been a short period of time, just a few months, uh, you know, that's not a good fact for somebody uh, trying to terminate maintenance, but if somebody's been living together for many years, maybe decades, uh, that's, a, that's a much better fact scenario. Uh, other things courts uh, can look at is the, the wills and the trust of the parties. So if the individuals have made each other beneficiaries on their wills and trust, um, so if the one person passes, the person they're living with is getting most of, the, most of their assets upon their death, that's better for terminating the maintenance. If, on the other hand, there's been no changes to the wills and the trust, and there's no inheritance uh, between the two parties. That would be worse for the party uh, seeking to terminate uh, the maintenance. All right, bank accounts can be important. Are bank accounts joint with both individuals' name on it, or do the individuals keep their money separated? Uh, if the money's separated, that's worse for the party seeking to terminate the maintenance. But if they're shared, everything's commingled as a married couple, that's much better for somebody seeking to terminate maintenance. Uh, life insurance policies can be an important factor, okay? So if uh, the person that somebody's cohabitating with is to get the proceeds of a life insurance policy upon their death, that's going to be better uh, for the party uh, seeking to terminate 
uh, the maintenance, arguing that this is a substitute for marriage. But if that's not the case, let's say, uh, then that's worse for the individual seeking to say the cohabitation is tantamount to marriage. Okay, so what we're getting into is very fact-specific stuff, granular stuff, and and these are the things courts oftentimes uh, look at, and certainly a party seeking to file a motion to terminate their maintenance ought to be, um, you know, ought to be looking at these factors and seeing if they're applicable or not. Um, all right, so, you know, in a general sense, I mean, the answer is it depends. It's not clear uh, that, that cohabitation is an automatic termination to spousal maintenance. Um, and so it's very granular and very much in the gray. All right, again, in a general sense, you know, to terminate maintenance, if it's this indefinite type of maintenance uh, that goes on uh, long term, uh, a change of circumstance of a substantial and continuing basis is generally needed. Now, when we're talking about a change of circumstance of a substantial or continuing basis, uh, things courts are often looking for, apart from this cohabitation issue, is, you know, has this receiving spouse, has their income gone up or down? If, it's, if their income has gone up, then maybe the maintenance would terminate. If it's gone down, I hate to say it, for parties who don't want to pay maintenance, but maybe they end up paying more. Um, if the paying spouse has had a change in their employment or income, that could have a big factor. So if they've lost their job, their income's gone down, that could result in a reduction or termination of maintenance on the flip end. If they're making more money, uh, then they could end up paying more. Um, if either spouse has additional financial needs, if either spouse has gained additional assets, uh, those could all weigh into the calculus. And certainly if the receiving spouse has become self-supporting through gainful employment, uh, that could change the calculus as well in terms of the maintenance that is this long-term maintenance. Now, a lot of individuals ask, well, is there other types of maintenance besides this long-term modifiable maintenance? And, and the truth of the matter is, is, I mean, that can be the case, okay? It certainly can be the case. There is what's called temporary maintenance, uh, where the court orders maintenance for a limited period of time for an individual to get up on their feet. Uh, there can be short-term maintenance. Uh, which is similar again it's it's a temporary maintenance to give somebody some time to get on their feet um, in, in some jurisdictions this can be called contractual maintenance right contractual non-modifiable maintenance so an individual agrees to pay maintenance for who knows it could be six months a year two years four years five years you name it um, whatever's agreed upon and, and and so in these circumstances, it doesn't even really matter if somebody cohabitates because if, if they agreed to pay it for two years or five years and the receiving spouse begins cohabitating, then cohabitation would typically have no impact on that. Where the cohabitation can have an impact is in these cases where it's indefinite maintenance. And, and obviously, again, uh, remarriage typically terminates the maintenance. The issue is, is does cohabitation, and again, it has to be tantamount to marriage for that to be the case. Um, cohabitation alone, typically not enough. All right, let's go and, and jump into some other questions that lots of individuals have on this topic. Um, you know, one of the questions some individuals have is, what about, um, you know, what about affairs? What about marital misconduct? So in other words, what disqualifies somebody from receiving maintenance or alimony, if that's what it's called in your jurisdiction? Again, every state is going to have statutory factors um, in terms of spousal maintenance or alimony, um, and it's going to vary. Some states have really jumped to formulas, formulas 
to calculate maintenance formulas for the, the length and the duration of the maintenance. Uh, there seems to be some states sort of trending in this way. Um, and so the statutory factors either apply or they don't. Uh, some states might bar uh, spousal maintenance or, or alimony if there's adultery or marital misconduct, but, but most states don't do that. So if that's the question you have, very important to speak to a lawyer who's licensed and competent in practice law in your jurisdiction. Uh, again, the other big question is, well, remarriage. If the receiving spouse got remarried, shouldn't that terminate the maintenance? And the truth of the matter is, is that is normally the case. That would normally be the case, except if it's this contractual type of maintenance, where the maintenance is for two years, five years, or a specific time, then remarriage oftentimes doesn't because it was agreed upon for a specific length of time. But in the long-term indefinite modifiable maintenance, typically remarriage would stop the maintenance. Um, but again, it's important to, to look at the laws in your jurisdiction and speak to a lawyer. Um, in terms of how maintenance or alimony is calculated, that's a question a lot of individuals have. And again, there's statutes in every state that deal with this. And, and, and the statutes in, in different states can be uh, different in a lot of respects. But some things that can come into play in a, in a general sense is the length of the marriage can definitely have an impact on whether or not there's maintenance or not. Uh, the age, health, and emotional condition of the spouse requesting uh, maintenance can be important for sure. Um, the standard of living established during the marriage can be something courts often look at. Um, some states still look at the conduct of both spouses during the marriage, so marital misconduct. Not all states allow this, but some states do. Um, the financial stability and income of each spouse can be important, so looking at tax returns and W-2s over a period of time. Uh, the earning capacity of each spouse. So sometimes a party could be underemployed, let's say. They could make more money than what they're making. That could be a factor. Um, uh, another factor can be the marital property awarded to each spouse in the divorce. So, you know, it could be a circumstance where, um, you know, a, an individual requesting spousal maintenance has sufficient assets and maybe it's their income-producing assets uh, that could take away the need for, for spousal maintenance. Um, another factor courts look at is the time it takes for the spouse requesting maintenance to become self-sufficient, either through future education or job training. So for some individuals they are going back to school, uh, they're getting a degree, or maybe they're going through some training, uh, getting a license of some kind in order to get a job. So courts can look at the time this would require. Uh, each spouse's obligations, in other words, their needs, is important. So. I mean, in a lot of states, if, if an individual is unable to meet their needs, then that gets them over that first hurdle for maintenance. But if an individual actually has enough income to meet their needs in a lot of states, then that would exclude them from maintenance. You know, maintenance uh, is supposed to be what that term denotes. It's not a penalty payment for getting divorced. It's a situation where one spouse can't meet their needs. Okay, so they've got to be in the red or in the negative when looking at their income and expenses in a lot of jurisdictions in order to get a spousal maintenance. And then obviously you have to look at the ability of the individual to pay maintenance. Can they meet their own needs while paying maintenance? If they can't, then that's certainly something an, in, an individual can argue uh, to not have to pay maintenance. They're, they're not able to afford it. And where this can come into play too is you know, an individual who is ordered to pay maintenance, and maybe they've become disabled. Uh, 
Uh, maybe uh, they're not able to work anymore um, due to health condition. Maybe they've lost their job. Uh, maybe economic factors has really hurt their industry or the field that they work in, things like this. These could all be basis for trying to terminate maintenance as well. All right, but in terms of the original question about cohabitation, uh, the answer is it depends. It depends on the facts, it depends on the circumstances, and again, it's gonna depend on the laws in the jurisdiction in which your case exists, but typically cohabitation is not a carte blanche uh, basis to terminate maintenance. It's much more granular in terms of looking at the facts, at least from my personal experience in terms of what I've seen. All right, well, that is the topic today. Definitely an interesting topic. As a follow-up to the episode, go on over to stcharlesdivorceattorneysblog.com. Read the article that we have on, on that blog as a follow-up to the episode today. But thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned to our next episode coming up on Family Law Talk. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stangy. Visit StangyLawFirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stangy Law Firm to work for your family today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri or Illinois reviews or approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The information you obtained in this podcast is not, nor is it intended to be, legal advice. You should consult an attorney for advice regarding your individual situation. We invite you to contact us and welcome your calls, letters, and electronic mail. Contacting us does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please do not send any confidential information to us until such time as an attorney-client relationship has been established. Past results afford no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own merits. Kirk Stangy is responsible for the content. Headquarters, Office 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450, Clayton, Missouri, 63105. Kirk Stangy is licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Kansas.